Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Benny's here for you. We've invited him back with Santa's sack and we're going to spend a token or two. We'll talk about a year, there's Christmas cheer, we are your number one. We've got a list of good and bad, there's happy and sad, now let's start the fun. You! How many takes was that, Benny? <laughs> Three. Awesome. It's good to have you back. What's changed since I last saw? Where's the book ready? Yeah, remember the last time we chatted, and thanks for having me, uh, we made like a, a due date and I said I was going to get it. I think I said I was going to get it by like August or something. And um, yeah, it was finished, but I've reflected on it because it needs an edit. So I've been looking for a, a good editor. I've had it edited once, but it didn't really land. And so it's just kind of been pushed to the back. But I realise it's kind of like um, poetry. A lot of people will write a lot of poetry and then they never publish it because they don't think it's good enough. And... A book is just like a really big poem or like a really big blog that you never published because you get to the point of finishing it and you're like, oh, do I, am I really going to publish this? Am I, do I really want to share this with the world? So there's this kind of interesting experience I'm having at the moment uh, and it got pushed to the back. So I think the book will come out next year. I am going to publish it. Um, but yeah, that's where it's at. I think there's a lot of value in writing just for yourself. Totally. Just because it, it clarifies your thoughts. It helps you understand perhaps what your opinions are on certain things. So even if you never publish it, there's benefit. But I think the world needs to hear it. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a big yarn. Yeah, definitely. And have you found a publisher yet? No, no. I've sent it to a few. Haven't heard back. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer that it, things happen when they're meant to. Um, the Greeks called that Kairos time. So I feel like I, I will give it a nudge at the start of next year, start you know, pushing into Kairos. <laughs> and I recorded a podcast with your friend, Stephen Eugene Kuhn, about three weeks ago, released it last week. Mm. And, and he did think in his role as connector, he might be able to help you with the publisher if you needed it at some point. He's always, he's the man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, thanks for that. I'll send him a message and see, see what's up. I've got to connect with him. Always love having a yarn. So it was good to hear that you guys got together. It was a good chat. It was a good chat. And I know a few people are doing self-publishing these days as well. And mm. I recorded a podcast with, Veronica Yerka Smith earlier this year, mm -hmm. and she's done a couple of ebooks with which have been best bestsellers on Amazon, and I think she's just released her memoir called The Long Flight Home, which is about when she got locked out. And mm -hmm. I have a funny feeling she might have self-published that, or, mm -hmm. or she's learned a lot on that journey. So she's got a lot of resources for self-publishing as well. Yeah, that's a great option. We did because I've, I've published a book before with my partner Jacqueline, a book of questions. So we did all the research and we actually found a local publisher on the Gold Coast that does sustainable publishing. Um, so we went through all the, you know, what's our values around publishing a book. You can chuck it on Amazon. It's going to come, it's going to get printed and it's not going to look that good, at least in the experiences I've had from when Amazon um, print it. Mm. But yeah, it depends on what you're going for. If you, if it's the content, that's the most important, like the people reading it. But if our book was a book of questions that's supposed to sit on a coffee table uh, so going to a, through an actual publisher where you get to go and visit the printing press, see like what it's going to look like was the option. But there's value, there's pros and cons to all of it. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
and you've just made me think of one other book as well. I'm plugging everyone's books here as well mm -hmm. as your own. So Andy Fell, the second podcast I recorded, he released his book, The Rocking Chair Test. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, I think it's like about an A5 size book. And it's designed for you to fill in answers to questions as you mm -hmm. go through as well. Mm -hmm. So I can find out how he got that published because that's come out really professional looking. It's laid out nicely. You have a section where you can write your own details in there as well. Beautiful. Yeah, the, the problem with Amazon, because me and uh, Steve Brophy, who also appeared on your podcast, we published via Amazon. We had uh, 10 writers come together who'd never published anything, you know, talking about like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, we had 10 writers come together and we took them through a process where we sort of gave them the confidence through uh, looking at their writing as a group and then giving, giving feedback on it. And then at the end of it, they each had a piece and they each had a chapter. And so we published it through Amazon. So everyone around the world could send it to their families. Uh, and it was good. It's great, but it's just this. It's just the quality. It's a different printers all over the world. Um, so that everyone got a special gift, but it was just not up to the sort of like standard. Yeah, mm. yeah nice to do, but yeah, you, you want this to be absolutely perfect when you can. Mm -hmm. So, and when we last spoke, um, 101 tokens, you hadn't been doing much with actively. That's not the case now. What's going on with it? Mm. It's a pretty good story, actually. I was. It was 2018, and I was pitching for a million dollars. I don't know if we spoke about this last time. Maybe we did. I can't remember. Anyway, I was pitching for a million dollars at this tech conference in Sydney, and basically it was you know, getting my pitch together like I normally do the night before, um, and I got this email from this lady named Jean in the UK, and she was had been using the app, uh, the 101 Tokens app, and so basically the, the process is for listeners who don't know, Every time you drink alcohol, the next day you put in the app whether it was worth it or not, yes or no, and it's all about health optimization. I call it vice optimization, so for alcohol. And she wrote me this beautiful letter, like long letter on email, and it told the story of how... Keep going. Oh, sorry. Yeah, she, it told the story of how she had lost her daughter to, I think it was cancer, in her teens, and her and her husband, their daughter was there their complete world um so it's a sad story and once they lost their daughter uh her husband went into a bit of a spiral decline as well with his health and he ended up passing away uh not so long after and it was it literally left her by herself so she was working for mars actually so overeating um drinking and pretty much headed the same way as her husband and she went to the doctors one day and doctor in the UK recommended the 101 Tokens app wow. and Jenny Craig. And so she said, stuff it, I'm going to try this. Um, and so she sent me this letter and she said she basically turned her whole life around based on Jenny Craig and, and the 101 Tokens and app. how did the doctor know about 101 Tokens? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, because I'd had a bunch of press. Um, uh, the Daily Mail got hold of it. One of the articles went viral. And I know um, you did some TV over here as well about it. Yeah, I mean, there was like, I went on South African radio. There was articles in Slovakia. Like, once it goes on to, once you get into something like the Daily Mail, it's journos pick stuff up all over the place. So there's probably articles all over the place. But um, yeah, so that was really cool. And she basically quit her job at Mars, got a job at a not for profit, um, like, lost a bunch of weight. And then ended up, yeah, actually traveling to Australia for the first time. And like she sent me a photo of her with a koala and yeah. um, 
I got in contact with her not so long ago. So back to the why the tech story was all about. I was at this tech conference and so I just read her letter instead of the pitch. Um, and so like all the judges were like, all right, yeah, but how, how good's your business? What's the stats yeah. and all this stuff? And I did put a few of them in, but I didn't do the standard. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Here's the market. Here's the, all that shit. Um, and obviously I didn't win the million dollars, but after it, I just had people coming up to me, oh, it's so amazing, you know, like, oh, you should do this for X, Y, Z. And that night I was having a beer with a guy who'd been on the stage. Uh, his name's Sunit. And he, I was having a yarn with him and we were having a beer. And I told him the 100 Mind Token story and that was it. Didn't really speak to him again. And then a couple of years later, I think we messaged back and forth and uh, he wrote to me basically, he decided to... I think it was when COVID had hit, that was his catalyst, but he decided to quit drinking. Uh, he went vegan. He started intermittent fasting. He basically flipped his, his – because he made a commitment after that conversation that night that we'd had that he was going to try something different because I told him the story of Gene. I told him another story about uh, another guy, Ben, who's a legend, a good friend of mine now, who'd basically um, changed his drinking habits and was kind of hiding it from his teenage daughters. Mm. And then once he changed it – it became a conversation that he could have with them and he actually came up with different ways to connect with them in a deeper way based on that. And he was like, okay. So Sonny got back in touch with me, all awesome. And I was like, yeah, thanks bro, that's awesome. And then um, just recently we started chatting again and he's like, man, like, let's have a yarn. Uh, I've got some ideas, what are your thoughts with it? And it was just this kind of like, that story, it, it, it's that Kairos timing we just discussed, it's like, Sometimes things take a long time, but then something drops in and then I'm like, cool. He's like, Benny, get me this, 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 and this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Got him this thing, told him my idea. And then here we are, like, we're ready to reboot the app in next year. Um, I got it redesigned, so it's actually functional again. Cost me $80 rather than 15 grand wow. um, to build it on a, a thing called Glide. And um, yeah, so that was the catalyst, so yeah. So just, just the $80 there instead of 15000 that's how much the tech environment has moved on. The fact that you can now you know reboot it so easily, whereas all the groundwork was on you first time round. Well, yeah. Back in the day, it was uh, had to hire the developers and all that kind of stuff. Now you can get stuff that's like, it, it's prototyping programs, but they essentially do all the same stuff and like have all the data inputs and things. So I haven't tested it at scale yet, but it's crazy how much like anyone can build an app now like you don't need need to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars you don't even need to push it to the app store you can just give people private um download links uh -huh. and that's where the, the most of the money comes from because obviously apple and google and the and the big dogs they're always changing policies and you always have to be continually updating your apps to meet that requirement and if you don't they just basically shut your app down yeah take it off the store mm. so, so there's a cost in just keeping it current doing it that way yep all right well talking of tokens i feel that we should probably spend one but, yep. but whilst we do it and i'm always quite open about learning about recording podcasts we're doing this outside in a typical australian christmas so it's about 30 degrees and it doesn't look Christmassy at all although it does for an Australian because you immediately link hot weather with Christmas um, but as nice as it is outside it's quite windy and I've just noticed a bit of noise so we're going to stick some wind bobbles on the microphones here we go wind bobble there we are now that will be interesting to see whether they cut down the wind noise as well mm-hmm 
should be good. Yeah, which yeah. I think they might do. So we're going to spend a token, and you have a choice. You have a um, very new keg, relatively new, of Black Ops California Haze, which mm-hmm. is a hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Or you have a relatively old keg of Black Ops Code Red, which is a red IPA. They're both good, but I think fresh beer is better, but you can choose whatever you want, and I'll pour one for you. Mate, I'll just have whatever you're having because I'm at your place and it's a bit of a ritual. This is good. Well, I think we'll go for the hazy because I know it's going to be fresher. Yep, nice one. If I'd poured that in a bar, I'd possibly be getting the sack because there's, 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 there's a bit ahead on that. But I'll have that one. I'll see if I can do a better one for Benny second time round. This is exciting podcasting. Yeah, it's all happening. Yeah, there, there you go. Are. That's better. You just got your job back. Cheers. Thanks, mate. It smells good. It, smell it, it is yeah. a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. This it's nice, and that so that's on a um, a kegerator, which has a two kegs inside and it has a gas bottle, and I always find that. Even though it's the same gas pressure, I don't know why the the first and the second ones can be different when you pour them. Mm-hmm. That's my excuse for having a a head that's about two fingers on mine, as you've got the perfect one finger on yours. It does look good though, the extra extra head. Yeah, you know? it looks nice. Yeah, and it's a real hazy straw color. I would mm-hmm. say for that one. Yeah, well, I just noticed it's a it's pretty strong too. The six point eight. Yeah, it's good. so that's a pot. So exactly. we're, we're doing okay size wise. Yeah, yeah, that's good though, because like. That's one of the main parts of, of tokens drinking is to, to treat, now that we're spending one, it's like more of a ritual. Mm. It's like I'm actually going to like spend the time to go, I could ask you about like Black Ops Brewing. Um, why do you have two taps of Black Ops Brewing? Like why don't you have, like why do you love Black Ops so much? Um, and yeah, if you're going to drink 6.8%, then you've got to recalibrate how many you're going to have depending on what kind of night you want to have. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that's the key for your mindful drinking. And I said this before on the last podcast, and I'm a big fan of Andrew Huberman. And he will say, no alcohol is the answer. And he's right for health, well-being, longevity. But he also understands a realistic approach to life as well. So he says, if, well, if you're going to have one, one or two a week is probably optimal. And that's still that's still a push for a lot of people mm. but if you are going to have one then perhaps really do treat it as a ritual enjoy it talk about it appreciate it uh, and don't just don't just throw them down yep. so to answer your question um primarily the reason for black ops is the the kegerator comes through an organization called kegs off tap mm-hmm. they they can put a 50 liter keg in there but you'll only fit one in this particular unit or you can get two 20 liter kegs in and there's not that many people do the 20 litre kegs. Mm-hmm. Black Ops do them. I think um, Heads of Noosa definitely do them through kegs off tap. There'll be another couple of organisations do them. Maddock locally at Ashmore will refill 20 litre kegs as well. So that's a good option. Um, so that's pr- pr- primarily why Black Ops is on. But I'm starting to go a bit towards lagers again. And mm-hmm. Heads of Noosa are specialists in lagers. So yep. I might get a 20 litre keg of that as nice. we get closer to Christmas. I think I had a Heads of Noosa at the... There's a new uh, Currumbin Valley Brewing Co. We've got to go there for a token. Yeah. That is, I No, no, no. But I know I know the guys that have opened it. I know the beers. and I'm cracking there. beers. But there's actually... There was a, a Noosa, Noosa beer on, on tap. I think that was the only... Maybe their only lager. Because they're massive on their IPAs, XPAs. Yeah. And, um, and all their, like, fruity beers. 
which was interesting because I've never had a beer with my partner Jacqueline and she she had one. She had a uh, soda, what is it called? Creaming soda yeah. flavoured beer. Yeah, I know which one you mean. Yeah, I've, I've had it. I'm not mad keen on, on the crazy ones, but Corumbin probably yeah. do them as well as anyone. Mm-hmm. They do a lemon, myrtle and mango sour, which, which mm. is pretty good, mm-hmm. even if you're not a massive fan of sours. And there's two of them, Smokey and Lukey, and I, I don't know who the sour guru is. I think it might be Luke, I think, but they're pretty good at it. And yeah, they've won awards, I think, as well. Heaps of awards, yeah. They're our neighbours, actually. They, ah. Yeah, the property I live on, they sold their land to one of the founders. Yeah, Right. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, because I know they do it up in the hills, mm. and I think part of their USP is the volcanic spring water that, yep. that is used in their brewing. Mm-hmm. And their, their local pale ale which i think they brewed so that it reflected the tastes of the locals that's that's a really good one mm. and one of the good things about their beers is the artwork and the artwork on the local has got a letterbox it's got a python on it mm-hmm. i think i might have a sticker somewhere sat on the side of the fridge over there really really good beer that one yeah yeah i'd like to get to know them better well, um, you absolutely should i think they're really friendly and mm. i think they they rely on you know all hands to the pump at times if they've mm-hmm. got pro you know and Brewing has problems at times, especially when you're small. So sometimes it's a lot of the community comes together to get stuff canned and get it out the door. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of hands bringing their tap room to fruition as well because yep. that took a long time, like a number of years to bring that to fruition. Mm. And good on them too. Yeah. You look at Bolter because they're right next to Bolter yeah. as well. Obviously, that's sold on. but mm. I think Bolter is still a gang of good people. You know, mm-hmm. even, though, even though it was sold, they did a deal that they had to remain in Corumbin for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I think it, the people that were working there had to stay there. I think it's still the same crew in, in a leadership capacity awesome. at Bolter as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy called Sterling that runs the marketing and probably a lot more at Bolter that I'm desperate to get on the podcast because their branding and their marketing, I think, is genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it on your... There we go. Smiley thing. face. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Simplistic. Mm. So we could try and analyse what's in that, but I'd probably embarrass myself in terms of trying to say all the flavours and aromas, but we absolutely should savour that one. And I like to pour them in pots as well, as opposed to schooners, because I get an excuse to, rather than just pour it once, I can pour it twice. So I just get the experience of pouring it twice nice. as well. That's the whole thing, mate. Like, it, there's the experience around it. And that's what, that's actually, it's kind of like why I say vice optimization. It's not just about the beer. It's about, and I, I actually talk about four pillars as one, one element, which is the beer or the alcohol, the food, the people, and the location. And if you go wrong on a night out and you're sitting there and you're reflecting or whatever, however you've spent that token, you can usually dissect where it's gone wrong with one of those four things. And maybe the other three were perfect. So it's like, okay, I only need to tweak one thing. Sometimes it might have been, oh, you know, I shouldn't have been drinking, shouldn't have had 10 schooners of VB. Maybe I should have had three, um, you know, Black Ops, California Hayes IPAs, supported the local, you know, local brewery and really savoured the flavour and enjoyed it um, rather than just pumping down, you know, the cheapest schooner you can buy. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So, so the... The 101 tokens idea just hasn't gone away and it's still been giving benefit to people all this time. So now we're back up and running again. Almost back up and running. So yeah. what, what, what's that going to look like? Next year, well, because I sort of designed it all myself. You can tell the design's pretty terrible. Um, funny story, I actually 
the the app got built quicker than I thought it was, and I didn't have a logo. And so they said, we need a logo because otherwise you can't go live on the app store. I'm like, all right. So I just got this blue color I liked, got a white font that I liked and wrote 101 tokens and sent it off. Turned out it looked heaps like the the zero logo, <laughs> same blue. <laughs> Didn't even know I was using zero at the time. And um, it's still the same crappy logo. So there's like, uh, there's a really cool company called One Year No Beer mm-hmm. from, from the UK. And I... I, I like their branding, but I really like the way they've gone about their marketing and their storytelling of the people. And I also am friends with a couple of the guys who were their like performance marketing agency. Um, and so I've spoken to them about like what strategies they use. And the thing I like the most is it was the storytelling about the people. And that's always been my thing. It's like, who cares about the app? Because that's why I got all the publicity because they wanted to speak about an app. But the people's stories are so cool. And I've been... Uh, emailing like old people from back in the 2018, 2019. How you going? How's your drinking going? Do you need any help? Blah, blah. And they're like, been sober for three years. Thanks, Benny. All good. I still remember like going back and forth. And the other people are like, yeah, I just have a couple of beers every now and then. Or if I have a drink, it's never more than three. Or if I have a blowout, it's like I pretty much never drink that much anymore. And I'm like, wow, it's just that same with the Sun Eats story. It's like just that one conversation or that one, you know, time where they start entering tokens just can can have this ripple effect. Um, yeah, so it's great getting yeah. positive reinforcement. Hundred percent. So you've got you've got a social media campaign waiting in the wings with all of those stories. You just need to turn it into something at, at a time when you want to. You just need a good strategy. Yeah. 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 So this is a Christmas and review of the year podcast christmas mm-hmm. is coming up have you got any tips or or helpful hints for people to manage their drinking over what's always called the silly season yeah well it's all it goes back to that kind of design thinking the strategy it's just literally sitting sitting with yourself and having an intention before you go out and this is where like don't limit yourself like if you go to a christmas party and you're going to give it a nudge just go I'm going to give it a nudge, but I don't want to drink more than 10 beers. So I'm going to say, I'm going to, usually with my clients, I'll be like, okay, well, how many do you want to drink? Don't say 10 beers. Say, I drink between 8 and 10. That's, that's going to be my range, or 7 and 10, or 9 and 11. And obviously a doctor, this is like horrendous news. I'm not a doctor, I can say what I want, but like that's a lot of alcohol. But we're talking legitimately for people to like not feel shame around it and just be like, what's something realistic that I'm going to have a good night? And I don't often bring this up, but drugs are a big thing when it comes to Christmas parties, especially depending on what your industry is in. So if you're going to take drugs, apply the same thing. Like, don't go, oh, I'm just going to willy-nilly take whatever. Mm. And it's like, no, like, I'm going <laughs> to do this X, Y, Z. Um, or I'm not going to touch that and I'm just going to have these beers. So, and that's not a popular opinion. I probably wouldn't say out loud, but it when it's the reality for people and us, my mate's a psychologist um, he helped a lot of people with their drinking in the, in the northern beaches of Sydney and the cocaine thing was a massive part of that so he was always he was like yeah they're drinking but it's actually the cocaine that they, they say they're not going to have it and then they have five schooners at the pub and then all of a sudden they're out till Sunday and they're in trouble with work they're in trouble with their partners they're in trouble with their kids like that's one of the biggest issues. So it's like, well, set the intention for everything. Mm. And if you're going to do that stuff, make sure you set the environment for it. 
I think that's the thing. I think that's being it, the intentionality is the key thing, and and we have said it out loud. Um, <laughs> so, so we have said that. But if if you're going to do something, whatever it is that that's your that's your you know kind of party method of choice, understand what you're going to do. Understand the decisions that you might be presented with. Try and work out which way you're going to land either way at the time and set a strong intention if you don't want to land a particular way. And then know what the consequences are going to be. Mm -hmm. So then when you wake up one, two, three days later, inevitably feeling awful, don't be surprised. You know, if, you, if, you're, going to, if you're prepared to lose three days, and I'm certainly not advocating for that because that's not what I do, but if you're going to do that, then know you're going to lose three days. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to lose three days and if you don't even want to feel bad the day after and you don't want to be surprised by it, then do think strongly about how you're going to manage your night out. 100%. You just nailed it. And if there's nothing wrong with losing three days if you can afford that. That's kind of the, the big thing. It's like if you've got one holiday a year and you don't have to work and you don't have, you know, don't have to have drive. My mate says this is still a strategy for 101 tokens. It's, it's, he's, he calls it steady ripping. He goes... We want to party, but we don't want to party so hard that we can't take our kids to football practice. That's the jam. So if you've got to take your kids to football practice, don't go out on a bender and like let them down the next day. Like If you don't have to, go for your life, but make sure if you've got to take them to football practice in two days, make sure you've sorted yourself out by then. Very uh, don't let people down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not health advice from Benny <laughs> Not Not uh, medical health advice. <laughs> so what's the year been like for you? Mate, I started the year with uh, uh, getting hit in the head with a surfboard. I remember. Yeah, so I might have talked about it on the last podcast. So, yeah, that was a good six months of recovery, um, probably longer actually. Um, yeah, building my, my tiny home, that's still happening, still in process. Um, but, yeah, I think the momentum towards the end of the year is getting the business back up and running. How about yourself, mate? What's your year been like? It's been really good. Um, a lot of learning. And starting this has been the key thing. So this mm. is over six months through now, and that provides a fantastic opportunity to learn, reflect, meet new people, talk about things, clarify ideas, write about them afterwards, change my mind on things, change my mind back again on other things. So I think that's probably been my single biggest form of, of development this year. And then I've got a young family as well as an old family. So the young family is constant learning and seeing how they change and mature. So mm -hmm. that's been a, a great use of time. Um, really good experience this year. We were at the Wiggles concert yesterday and for someone that's almost uh, approaching two-year-old, that was a fantastic experience for them. Mm -hmm. And really good. Um, I like the Wiggles. I think they're pretty wholesome, mm -hmm. pretty sound. Nice. So, yeah, a very, very good year. Really enjoyed it. Awesome, mate. Yeah, and I'm proud of you too because I remember you yarning up about having the the podcast idea years ago like maybe 2018 19 it's right? it's yeah over three over, over three, three yeah. years ago when did we meet because i think we met uh yeah probably 29 it was before covid it be before covid it was definitely yeah. before so yeah because i think you came to a workshop and then we had a coffee yeah at biscuit cafe down in uh miami yes and i remember you telling me about a podcast idea then so whenever that was yeah, uh, I think 2019, yeah. the winter of 2019. So that's Kairos timing, you know. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, not to beat yourself up if you go, oh, I'm going to go do this thing, you tell people about it, and it doesn't come, come to fruition for years yeah. later. And then when it does, it's the right timing for it. Yeah. 
I think so. That's what Georgie said as well, because I was kind of saying, look, it's, it's took me too long and, and it had and procrastination was a part of it. So understanding that and learn it from it and breaking through that barrier is a good learning experience because you could be, become less scared about trying something else in the future. But some of that timing might be part of it as well. And when it's the right time, it's the right time. But that's been my biggest focus this year in terms of personal development. Awesome. And so you had Steve as your first podcast ever. Yeah. And then you had Georgia on as well. And, and you. Then, and then me. And, and yeah. then Cara Bradley as well. Yeah. There you go. So a lot Flow of the Genome Project connection. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm keen to do some more flow-based podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I say this every time. It's a boring line, but we're not talking about it enough. It's, it's a secret source that can if you can replicate the flow state if you can understand how, what it is and how you get into it and then if you can do certain things in your life to make it easier to get into it you can become quite close to hu- superhuman that's right mm. and i don't know why that's not talked about enough you know the flow genome project is is gro- growing and growing and i know that we're recruiting for a new uh, ceo i think or, or right. president i'm not mm-hmm. quite sure what they called the role because Rianne was going to um, uh, step back and do more public stuff. Oh, that's Flow Research Collective. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So two different organizations. So yeah. the Genome, Wheel, and Research Kotler. Kotler, So what, what happened? Because did they split or have they always been two separate arms? This is a, an area of history I'm not clear on. Yeah, they went separate ways just after we, uh, me, Steve, and Georgia. Uh, we, actually, we were still in the middle of the program. Um, yeah, just had different directions, and now they've gone off and done their own thing. Right. Um, yeah, and Rian was always with uh, Steve, yeah. so Rian's like stepped up massively. He's been the CEO really, and um, yeah, he's a good lad. Uh, yeah, I can't believe how big they've gotten. They've, yeah. Well, they are growing, so they're recruiting, and yeah, his content's really good. His his YouTube videos delivered fantastically. Really good subject matter. Really useful. Very professional. Yeah. So they've obviously got big aspirations. In fact, I see them more on social media than than the Flow Genome Project. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Jamie's sort of direction is more, um, and he said this before. He's like, I want to take people out because his like backcountry survival stuff is really close to his heart. So. That's kind of where he's he's gone, yeah. So I would definitely want to talk more about that one. But it was great having Steve as the first guest on the podcast. And that's one of those examples where, where someone, a friend, will step up for you. So, and I didn't want to make it too easy on myself, but, but it, I knew I wanted a relatively safe entry into podcasting. And Steve really helped because he's fantastic. He's done loads of them. He was able to keep that conversation going. You know, he could have kept that conversation going on his own. So that was a, a brilliant way to get me into it. And I truly appreciate that. Yeah. Good job, Steve. He's a legend. Yeah, he is. So I spent a bit of time thinking about the year. And um, I've actually got the laptop open in front of me with some of the notable things that happened. And um, there's a lot of stuff gone on that I didn't realize about. And it's interesting when you go through. And we absolutely can't talk about everything because there's so many things on here and we perhaps won't dwell on too much on the really horrible things that have happened this year, although there have been quite a lot that we should make reference to. But um, it was a bad it was a bad 1st of January for Jeremy Renner because you might remember that's when he had his snowplow accident. Do you remember that one? Hawkeye. No. You know, the guy that plays Hawkeye on the Marvel TV show. No. That's his face there. There you go. Okay. So he was helping someone that got bogged in snow on New Mm. Year's Day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened. He got out of his snowplow, and I think we were talking a fairly big bit of kit, and somehow it managed to run over him while he was assisting. 
Shit. And he was really beat up, really beat up. And I think he might still be using a stick to get around. But, you know, he's, he's recovered nicely, but it was going to be touch and go, I think. So he had a terrible New Year's Day, taking us right back to the beginning of the year. That's almost like my 2nd of January where I was in the hospital in Byron. Yeah. Get my <laughs> head stitched up. <laughs> so that was 2nd of January when you did that that social post when you were sat in the, the van. Yeah. So, so did you, you took yourself out of the water, sat in the van, and then take yourself to, to the emergency room? Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, yeah, like you do whenever you're surfing, you kind of check yourself, and if there's not too much blood, you just keep surfing, which is probably stupid. But, yeah, when I got out, I was like, oh, wobbly up the... Up the, I tried to call out to a mate, actually, who I used to live with, and I saw him in the distance. I was like, oh, I better get him to drive me, and then he didn't hear me, so I just went stuff it and got in the van. For better or worse, got there. Did the it on autopilot. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't remember much about it now, can you? No, I remember it, actually. Yeah. yeah. It was delayed concussion. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't black out, but there was a, it was weird. It was like I made this funny groaning sound under the water that I could hear in my head. It was like, uh, anyway. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Um, January the 3rd, Ronaldo's record salary. So this is when he went to Saudi Arabia. I, I don't know how long he stayed there. Is he, is he still he, there. Is he still there? Mm-hmm. Can you remember what money he's on? <laughs> nah. No, I, yeah, I mean, it'd be something disgusting. But, um, yeah, good on him. He's like, I'm a Manchester United fan, so and I've, I've loved him. And he obviously coming back. Um Scored a bunch of goals. wasn't the best exit, but yeah, he's just the ultimate professional. I think yeah. as a human, he doesn't do a great deal wrong. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a few scandals kicking about. There is for everyone, but I think he's a relatively good good character. Yep. So, and he's still. Do you know how he's going? Every now and then, I watch some highlights yeah. of him scoring a goal because I enjoy it. And, and what's the football like? Have you watched any of the Saudi games? Just the highlights. Yeah, yeah. seen some good goals because they've got some good players over there, but. Pope had a funeral in January. Yep. Big do. Let's see what else we've got on here. What is, where's this uh, feed coming from? Oh, so, yeah, this is, this is the, the world according to certain internet pages. Right, okay. uh, this, this one's called onthisday.com. On this day, right. Yeah, so I'm not going to take, take any <laughs> responsibility for how accurate some of these things might be. But I have cross-referenced it with a few different sites, and I think a lot of these things did go on. So Prince Harry, oh, Prince Harry. He published his book on the 10th of January, and that's caused a few problems with his family. It goes to show you have to be careful what secrets you say. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a TV or, or, or like, keep up with this stuff, so <laughs> I live in a tiny home. <laughs> so. It's the best way. I, we, we, we have, like, Netflix and whatever we want to watch streaming, but we, we don't have free-to-air on the telly. Yeah, that's So great. if I pick up any news, it's just through social media as well, and I don't always spend a great deal of time looking at it, but... Yeah. LeBron James passes 38,000 points on the 15th of January. Go, LeBron. Yeah, that's a good... Things like that are worth celebrating. You know, some of the professionalism that exists in some of these sports, these people just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. I think for someone who doesn't really follow basketball, what's the significance of 38,000 points? I don't know, but it must be a lot to be on this website. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a lot. Yeah, it does. You get get two or three for a shot. So, yeah, thirty-eight thousand divided by that—that's a lot of baskets over over the years. Yeah, but he'll have a few years in the game. Oh, plenty. He's got a great story too. Just like he went off with the money, went and succeeded, and and said, "I'm going to come back," 
and I'm going to win for my hometown who's never won a, a championship. And he did. He came back for the Cavaliers, I believe. Right. And, um, yeah, so that for me, that's like, that's the sign of a true champion. Yeah. I love it when football players go back to their the club that they said they were going to go to or where they came mm. from because, you know, you could start at a small club and then you end up with the big money and you end up at the Manchester United's or the Real Madrid's, but your heart still somewhere else and to come back and bring your skills back and yeah i love that those stories and when you did the good seats initiative where you were having vacant soccer football seats to people that had done work in the community you were almost did a deal with southampton or you did do a deal with Southampton. yeah we did we did that project with southampton yeah, yeah so sh- Letizia was Letizia. yeah, <laughs> yeah. fair play to him what a legend because he he probably could have done much more for himself if he'd left but mm-hmm. he, he chose not to Exactly, yeah. Well, and James Ward-Prowse, who's the captain, he's at West Ham now. He's playing some good football. So, like, he couldn't stay in the in the championship. So, if you want to play for England, it's a bit hard to get picked. So, Yeah, it's very true. Djokovic has won quite a lot. He comes up in the recap of the year. Mm-hmm. Played some good tennis. Well, I guess we've got to talk about a little bit about Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously still still going on, causing yep. a lot of... A lot of anxiety, a lot of problems. I actually, um, I hopefully I can get someone on the podcast in the next few weeks who has recently arrived in Australia as a refugee from the Ukraine. Okay. Because I'm really keen to get his perspective on, on what it was like just to be, you know, your normal average Joe on the ground, living your life, mm-hmm. and then it all changes. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to have that conversation, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Mm. He's a fantastic uh, digital marketing specialist. And he's looking for work now that he's here. So he, so he literally is the average kind of person that we would know, but living in a different part of the world that was turned on its head. Yeah, and maybe work, because a lot of people have remote teams out of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So like maybe, you know, working with people from the Ukraine through that whole thing. Highly mm-hmm. likely, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know a few, a few deliveries that I know people have been involved with in the technology space that have had to change because of resourcing problems as a result of that conflict. Well, actually, a mate of mine has a um, a company which is all with VAs, and actually, part of his business development was based on, you, you know, we can't have all of our VAs based in one country because of things like war and natural disaster, and it makes us we're not resilient because if something happens there, then all of our clients lose their VA. Absolutely. Like in the, so it's something to to think about yeah you've got to think about your business continuity i did a podcast with simon pd this year who was ex-military and set up a business continuity crisis management organization Mm -hmm. and you have to think about in this day and age you have to think about the things you really wouldn't have thought to think about maybe 10 years ago Mm -hmm. Um, geopolitically we were probably more stable 10 years ago there hadn't been that many conflicts or the ones that we knew about were far away in areas that we weren't necessarily doing business with but it's really encroaching in areas much closer to home now Mm -hmm. we get into february and says tom brady actually in brackets retires so another another goat of sport yeah he's a bit like john farnham keeps coming back yeah springsteen still touring still touring in in february this year but, but poor Aussie, he had to cancel a tour in February this year for Aussie health Osborne. concerns. Right-o. But he's still up and going. Um, the whole family have a podcast now, which looks to be quite amusing if you ever see that pop up on your socials. Mm-hmm. I do remember the reality TV show back in the day when reality TV shows was first starting? It was. That, I think that was probably probably the best one. And, you know, yeah, I'm sure it's 
kind of semi-scripted as they all are, but he's just so funny. I saw Black Sabbath as the first concert that I went to in Australia, possibly 2016, and I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Mm. And Ozzy was brilliant in it. He kind of moves about on stage a bit funny. He, mm. he has this weird sort of perspective about him that his hands look to be th three times the size of what they are when he walks about. I think it's because he hangs them out in front of him. Mm -hmm. But his singing voice was pretty good. Mm. Somehow they manage it. They look like they get old looking uh, older than they probably are because of the, the Ks they've put on. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they can still sing. It's amazing. LeBron's breaking more records in February. He's actually yeah. beat um, Kareem's record. So all-time leading scorer, all-time leading scorer. Good job, LeBron. So I'm, I'm glad we spent time talking about him before because he hasn't let us down. He's definitely, a, he's definitely really legit. Did you see Rihanna performing at the Super Bowl? I did see this. Well, how is that a like, key story of the year? I, it, you know, it's interesting. I think anything Rihanna does is a key story of the year, or perhaps for those that are very interested in celebrities. Um, I think she was fairly <laughs> heavily pregnant when she did it, but it was okay. a great performance. Right. And um, okay. the stages were, were kind of up on chains above the pitch, mm. kind of get higher and lower. And yeah, it, it was good. I mean, I don't watch the Super Bowl performances most years, but it was a good one. No disrespect to Rihanna, by the way. I just, I just have just to clarify why that's a big story. It says Pharrell threads a needle. I don't know what he's threading the needle about. A number of awards. Oh, bad person. Weinstein was sentenced for his bad behavior in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I think the only saving grace there is apparently he's got a rather unfortunate illness and um, quite a lot of uh, disfiguration between his legs, apparently. Right. Yeah, so he probably deserves that. Mm. Probably deserves it. Um, this could be a controversial one, but it's written down, and I think it's a fact because I've seen it on a couple of websites. The FBI claims that the Wuhan lab leak was likely. Mm-hmm. So I've read that down. Uh, I've read it. It's written it's down. On, on it's on onthisday.com. It's so onthisday.com. Pretty, pretty legit. Yeah. Um, and that has been a source of much debate and controversy over mm. the past number of years. It's interesting that we live in these times of uh, likely. <laughs> What's the percentage on that? Uh, Where's the nuance? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're into March. What happened in March that was really... Really interesting. Pension reform in France possibly not going to affect no. Australian, English or American listeners. Which struggling in March for interesting things that happened. Yeah, although Boris Johnson was grilled over Partygate. And, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. And I don't think anyone's come out of that looking very good. <laughs> no. No, more bad behaviour. I think we'll get to the nice and naughty list of the year, but um, I don't think I put world leaders on the naughty list but they probably should be. Mm. I think they all kind of should know better. All of them. Bill Gates is talking about the AI revolution. I mean, that's interesting because uh, ChatGPT was actually back end of the year before, but it's just been a year dominated by mm. AI. Mm -hmm. And uh, have you considered where AI might play a role in 101 at all? Well, I did a while ago was thinking about like how does the data help people out like what can the from the data that you put in what can be spat out the other side and i think there's an opportunity there for to get some really good advice based on or some better advice than you would um without ai based on how other people because i'm like 
the vice optimization concept is like, well, what happens when everyone, and this is why I'm bringing it back to working in a group, what happens when everyone is learning at the same time? Um, and what happens if you put all those learnings into one space and you're like, okay, well, if you're going out to X, Y, Z place, here might be the best way for you to, and especially with biometric markers, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I did have an idea a while back about having a, a 0.5 uh, bar so you you could go in but if you went over 0.5 then you had to drink a, a mid or a low or a, n- a non-alcoholic till you you know something fun like that but there's like there's the reality and people would like i would like to stay under 0.5 so i don't get busted by the cops on the way home it's a very good point and i'm not going to advocate for for any form of drinking and driving but really understanding your blood alcohol limit with wearables and i wear a, an aura ring which is great for sleep and it's great for heart rate and I know the um, blood sugar uh, mm-hmm. wearable pads that connect via Bluetooth to your phone are getting quite popular now. It's not a big stretch to think that we could actually test that as we go. And then so, so, so your, your app knows what, what your current status is. You know, you can, you, it can either tell what you're doing or you can tell it what you're doing. And then it can make some recommendations for change. I think AI can be really powerful there. What terrifies me about it is the privacy of the data. Mm-hmm which large language model or machine learning module you're using, how it's treating your data, what it's doing with it, how it's cycling it back. That's, that's the biggest thing that worries me. But if you get all of those risks managed, you could have quite a powerful tool in the future. Mm, yeah, it's all about governance and making sure that it's legit and you're not just farming out people's data, especially definitely. when it comes to something like drinking because it's quite definitely personal. Um, I've noticed a lot of people are like, I really don't want to be shouting to the rooftops a lot of people keep it that's why like look at AA absolutely Um, that's why it's so successful we're getting to a game that that we know a little bit more so uh, March Harry Kane overtakes Wayne Rooney to become England's all-time greatest goal scorer love Harry pretty good love Rooney pretty good yeah and this shows I've been out of the game living over here I don't watch that much and I'll just pick up games here and there and my era of players is more the Rooney's, the Beckham's, mm-hmm. the Owens. So, so Harry Kane, to a certain extent, sort of passed me by because I spent so many years over here just disconnected from the game. But that's a great achievement. Oh, in March as well, the TikTok CEO was questioned for four hours by US congressional hearing. Do you use TikTok? No. Yeah. I don't either. It is, but it's a massive growth engine. Yeah. I know. I know. But it, I just heard someone describe it as crack like digital crack and I'm like and I've just seen people it's just I felt I felt like you know I've been of the MySpace Facebook era and like probably too old for Instagram almost this is how I feel this is just my opinion TikTok is like nah I just that just feels too young um but hey that's just my perspective it and, does yeah. but as a as a vehicle for promotion especially mm. when you're, you know, you're in a startup business, it could be powerful. But yeah, I, it, I don't have it. Um, I know what it's like. It's a bit like the Instagram Reels, but I think they, their algorithm's even better in terms of what it feeds you and how it hooks you in. Yeah, hook, yeah exactly, it hooks you in. It hook, it's but, designed to do yeah. it. But so, though I think, um, and I did get recommended by someone the other day, they're like, oh, you should get on TikTok because it's got the younger generation on it and they're more health conscious. So if that's going to be your angle... So I'm not like totally adverse to it. I just don't want to be addicted to another. So vice optimization, right? That applies to devices. Uh, and so it's the same it's the same thing. It's like you could 
use the same tokens and go, oh, I used my phone today. Hmm. Was it worth it? No, I actually didn't achieve anything. I didn't, I didn't push my business forward. I didn't connect with anyone that was like enriching my life. So, okay, cool. Let's go back and go, what's the point of having all these apps? Or you could do one specific app. I did it for Netflix. Um, I called it net fucked or net positive. Like <laughs> how are your Netflix habits? Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, you know, anything can run through the system. It really can. And the thing about those platforms is if you, you reach a certain amount of, of fame or success where you can just post and ghost and you don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. But if you're building a business or a brand, you actually need to engage with your community on there. And that's the difficult bit because totally. that means you've got to be on there looking mm-hmm. for what's coming back. And then if you're not careful, that can hook you in because you get that dopamine response and you go, oh, Oh, I've had a response. Let me engage. You don't want to be doing that. Um, Let's pause to talk about the open letter to pause AI experiment. So that was March, and that was Musk, Wozniak, uh, one of the co-founders of Apple, uh, and others said, hey, let's let's pause. Let's take stock of what we're doing. Didn't happen. It didn't happen, and we haven't paused. And But I think that was a worthy sentiment. I don't understand enough about their opinions and why they thought it was okay to pause and whether that was a genuine response or not mm-hmm. because they've all got stuff that they could stand to gain from from AI and, and tech progression. Well, I think Mask in particular, and this was going to be one of my negative or bad things of the year, uh, there's a really great interview about how he he invested 25 million US into OpenAI mm. and essentially OpenAI turned it into closed AI. Like they, it was meant to be an open source. You'd probably know more about this than I would, but it was meant to be open source. And the interviewer was like, well, how do you feel about that? And he goes, I actually feel stupid. And I was like, this is the problem with businesses when they start out with this great intention it's like, I had this idea, we're going to do open AI, it's going to be awesome, everyone's going to be able to use it, and so then we'll have the governance structures around it, and then, boom, the money hits, and then that integrity and the values that you started with, you just throw them out the window, and you're like, cool, I just took $25 million off some dude, even though he's got billions, he's the richest dude in the world. Still, how fucked is that? That's happening all the time, and that's happened with so many tech companies that started out with good intentions, and then the money came, and the investor pressure came, and they're like, oh, we've got to twist We've got to twist this. Like to the point of changing, they should change the friggin' name because it's not even true to, the, yeah. to what they set out for. So, And that situation hasn't got any better because there was the, all the controversy you know, just a number of weeks ago where Altman sacked and then brought mm. back and board members are resigning. And at the time of recording this, I haven't read anything that tells me exactly what's gone on there, but, but things have been going on for certain. And possibly arguments about whether it's open source or for profit, possibly arguments about the level of technology that exists and, and whether it's too much for us or not. Well, I think it's, it's, the fastest, it's the fastest growing company ever in the history of ever, right? And so the big question for me is how do we stop, how do we stop that kind of stuff happening? Like what's the governance structure that we need to implement that stops the integrity being broken for any company? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Broadway's longest-running show is The Phantom of the Opera. That happened this year. That's pretty amazing. That's been going on for years. I remember that when... Oh, I forget the guy's name. But he played Frank, Frank Spencer in Some Mothers Do Have Him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> and he was originally in it, or he, he certainly did some, some starring in it. Wow, that's been going on for years. His last Gary MacDonald. No, nah, that's not him. No, nah, nah. that's an Aussie show. 
Yeah, it'll come back to me. Um, SpaceX launched the Starship rocket. They're always launching rockets. I, I lose track of how many, how many rockets they're they're doing. Oh, this is a horrible one. Editor sacked for AI interview. So editor of German magazine sacked after running a so-called interview with AI-generated Michael Schumacher. That's a fantastic example of going too far. That kind of makes me sad even just reading that headline. Mm. Mm. Nobody knows what's happening with Schumacher, and he's got all the privacy that he deserves. You know, I mean, everyone kind of wants to know, but I think the, the bulk of the world sort of satisfied in not in not knowing. Yep. And I think his family do everything they can to to protect him. I don't know what's going to happen with that legally, but yeah, that's a pretty horrible thing. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even know about that one. No. This is what happens when you read on this day. You get to yep. find out everything. Tucker Carlson fired in America. Um, possibly of less interest to us over here. But um, that goes to show what's happening in the political and media environment internationally. Mm -hmm. Certainly America's had a very, very rocky rocky road this year with polarization, media, uh, truth. What is truth? What isn't truth? Mm -hmm. But we can all be happy that in April the word Pele was added to the dictionary, meaning exceptional, incomparable, unique. I did not know that. Me neither. I might start using that. Yeah, that's just Pele. That's Pele. That's Pele, that. It sounds more like more something an English person would say, you know? Yeah. Yeah, English people are, oh, that's boss, that's class. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's just, just so Pele. <laughs> Willie Nelson did a concert at 90 years old in April. 90 years old. There you go. That just, I bet he's, uh, he sounds amazing. He spends his tokens wisely, I think. Yes. He definitely I think he spends does. his smokings wisely. Yeah. Smokings. Walk of Fame for Carrie Fisher. In, in May. Oh, this is one. So Ed Sheeran um, got away with the... I say got away. That, that assumes he did wrong. The court found him that he didn't do any wrong in terms of copying Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. And I think rightly so, because he, he got his guitar out in court, didn't he? And said, all, all songs are made up of these four chords. And he started just bringing loads of different songs out that sounded similar. I often wonder who decides to bring these cases to court. You know, whether it's the family of Marvin Gaye, I don't know who owns the rights and whether somebody goes, oh, do you know, I wonder if we've got a case there or, or if they genuinely think that music's been ripped off. You know, I'm interested in how these things come to come to pass. Mm, there's um, uh, Nick Cave, musician, does the Red Hand Files. It's really great. It's one of the best blogs. It's my favourite blog in the world. And people write him questions uh in and he reads every single one he says he gets thousands and thousands and thousands and um there's a great one where he's talked about did you guys nick cave in the bed seats did you guys steal this riff from this song and and so he nick was like i don't think so but he called the guitarist and the guitarist was like no i didn't steal that i stole it from over here and he, so he's like and at the end of it he's like you know if you're gonna if you're gonna like borrow someone's music or if you're going to use someone's music as kind of the, the idea for a new song if you degrade it that's like the ultimate spit in the face of that song but if you can elevate it to the next level then that's pretty much what everyone's doing across all forms of creativity yeah. but yeah there's a line of and it's when i was in advertising there was always a line uh around a percentage of how much it could sound like the original song and you wouldn't have to pay the royalties so that's why you'll hear jingles that sound like oh, that sounds a little bit like 
they haven't paid for the royalty. They've changed it just enough so they can get away with it. Well, that's how it used to be done yeah. anyway. Wow. Yeah. Because there is only so many different combinations to go around. That's right, yeah. Foo Fighters brought a new drummer on board in May. Are Foo Fighters in Australia now? I think Dave Grohl might be. Mm, not sure. I caught something on socials the other day that said he was feeding the homeless in Melbourne. I hope Sounds I haven't like made that up do. completely. It does sound like something he would do. So I'm wondering whether they've got concerts coming up because I know they had some coming up which they cancelled, mm. possibly January this year. Maybe they're coming up for, for early next year. Let's move on. See what June has to hold. It's interesting just to look at the sort of like... Um how much sport and music politics get around. It's kind of the three themes. Yeah. This is a popular popular website. I think Boris Johnson resigned in June. Obviously got too too hot for him. I think there's been a bit of a revolving door since then. Mm. It's been an interesting year in UK politics. Pharrell Williams, fashion debut as designer for Louis Vuitton. He's multi-talented. I think he genuinely is multi-talented. Yep. Genuinely. Big Glastonbury this year. Mm -hmm. That's been that's on my bucket list to do. Same. I probably left it too late. I probably should have done it before I moved over here. But I think it'd definitely be something that I'd like to do. Live podcast at Glastonbury, mate. Could you line it up? What's the um, the best concert you've ever been to, or the best festival? Best uh, live music event was Daft Punk 2007 in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was they kind of uh, revolutionised the live uh, electronic dance music event um there's a documentary on it it was just like mind-blowing was it and light it, shows and things like that yeah they had this big triangle this big um what would you call it like pyramid and they were at the in in the middle of the pyramid and the whole thing was just and you can and when you listen to the the live recording they were i think they did the live recording in france which was one of the first few shows could have been the first and that if you if you were at that show anyone who was at that show anywhere around the world it just it's like instant goosebumps and you know why i know it was the best because i had the most terrible drugs i've ever received in my life and my mate ended up having to go to sleep oh, no. and i just was like oh well that's they're, they're not actually doing anything so i was completely sober because the beers were i don't know too expensive or something and yeah i had maybe a couple of beers at the start of the day and so i was complete as back in the day i'd never be sober at an event like that so i was fully coherent watching and just going oh my god this is blowing my mind and it was that good it was that good they are good they really are um i did not know this in july nasa beamed ringo Starr's voice across the universe saying peace and love to anyone that was listening wow if that's not going to attract aliens i don't know what will maybe sos <laughs> maybe just just come and visit us we're all right yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're not doing that much war or maybe they're already here Barbie and Oppenheimer were out in, in July. I've seen, I've seen one of them, but not both. Which one have I seen? Oppenheimer. Barbie. Oh. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a great film. Great film. Have you seen either? Nope. I think Oppenheimer's definitely on the list. Definitely on the list of things I want to see. Still more Ukraine stuff going on, as you would imagine, across the year. We're getting into August now. There you go. Yeah. First WNBA player to reach 10,000 points. 
and and that will be over a much shorter lifespan as well. Diana, Diana, Tarasi, Tarasi, yeah, at uh, the Atlanta for the Atlanta Dream in Phoenix. Impressive, ten thousand points. Mm-hmm. So that's not far, you know. You only got to do that three times. And you're up to LeBron. I don't know, don't know who some of these people are that were sentenced for doing bad things. I wonder if they play the, with the basketball, if they play the same amount of games as well. Because they play a lot of games. Like, there's a lot of games in yeah. those, those comps. I imagine the... I, I don't know if you can even say this, you know, which sport is the most physically demanding. It'd be interesting to see, you know, training regimes and how many players get ruined... And you get ruined in different ways. I guess they're all demanding in, in different ways. But, you know, basketball, you know, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. It can't be easy mm-hmm. on the knees. Yeah, I actually knew physical. a guy. Yeah, he was he's about my age. So he was getting on. but And he was tall. And he played basketball really well at an amateur level. Never, ever stopped. And I think close to 50, he actually jumped for a shot. And his kneecap snapped in half. Whoa. Snapped in half as he was taking off. He put that much pressure through it. You know, he was a good six foot five, six foot six. So, you know, a lot of weight behind it. Snapped his kneecap. And he did actually recover even at that age. So Springsteen was touring, but then he postponed it again in September. He probably got too much for him. That's a lot of touring. Djokovic is still winning. Still winning tennis tournaments as we get into September. Lots of political things going on. Lots of bad celebrity behaviour going on. Mm-hmm. Of course, we did have the coronation of King Charles at some point during this year. Oh, the sphere, Las Vegas. Have oh, you seen any cool. of the footage from that? Yeah, that's rad. I would go to that. I, mm. I think that looks really impressive. Really impressive. And I think it's kind of good that you two were the first to do it. Mm. I think you two know that they're that they have a reputation for for doing these look at me things. Yep. And that was the biggest look at me thing I think that you could do. Oh, except for the bloody Apple controversy, that was ridiculous. Well, that that is the look at me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they didn't force everyone to go to the Sphere. But then, <laughs> but then if I bought an Apple phone and I ended up at the Sphere, I wouldn't be altogether upset with that. Taylor Swift. I'm going to talk about Taylor Swift on my good and bad list. Um, her, ah, her where tour. will she fall? Well, we, we'll find out when we get there. Um, but massive, massive. And the money that she's made, huge. And how she's looked after her crew has been mm-hmm. fantastic. You know, massive payouts to crew, truck drivers, handwritten cards, lots and lots of really positive press. And I think well-deserved. So I think we're kind of saying whether she's on the naughty or the, or the nasty list already. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely a, a person that's done a great, a great deal. Magic Johnson, long time retired, fourth athlete to become a billionaire. So that says Michael Jordan, LeBron, Tiger Woods, then Magic Johnson. Uh, I'm not sure about this list because I think Ronaldo must be a billionaire. He was the first billionaire footballer, surely. I think he's a billionaire, sure. Ronaldo. You'd have to be. You would think so. Mm. But a billion from sports deals. 
Well, I think Magic Johnson's is um, business related. Yeah, yeah. He's got his, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, he's, yeah. he's long out of the game. Yeah. But to make, to make that amount of money, mm. huge. Yep. Did you listen to the, the AI Beatles song? that came out no. in November. It's worth a listen now mm. and then. So I think Peter Jackson's got something to do to do with it. So if you've watched the Beatles documentary on Disney, which I think might be called Get Back, and it's three episodes, and they took the original film when they did the documentary from doing, I think, the Let It Be album, their last album that they did, did the concert on the roof. And I think the first film that was done years ago, the Beatles were never that happy with it. It, it painted it to be a really high-pressure, grumpy... Uh, you know, not non-friendly situation, of, of which there definitely was those things happening. But as I understand it, the Beatles said, "Look, you didn't actually represent all of the fun that we had, and you know, mm. we, we still had fun and we still did did good things." So Peter Jackson took all of the footage, put it into three hour plus episodes, big long documentary, much more balanced viewpoint of what happened in that recording studio. I watched it all. I loved it because mm. it was just total fly on the wall you got to see everything that was going on side conversations just people walking in and out studios and i think i think as a consequence of that they've taken some tapes that weren't made into music and with the advent of extra ai released uh what was it called first from me to you the new song was built from an unfinished 1978 demo it was abandoned due to technical issues so i think the new tech allowed them to fill in the gaps Wow. So it's worth a listen. And and I think that you know, I think Paul and Ringo were, were pretty pleased with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's any more that will happen as a consequence of that, but it was good and I can thoroughly recommend that documentary on Disney as well, which I think might be called Get Back, I think. Mm. The interesting thing is, um I forget which song it is. I think it was I think it was maybe I think it was Get Back, maybe. And you saw it getting made on the fly. Mm. So you just saw Paul with a guitar twanging away, saying all kinds of random words that were coming into his mind. And it started off about, a, it was gonna be a political song to mm. start. And I think it was a time in the UK where Enoch Powell was the controversial right-wing politician and he was talking about rivers of blood and immigration and things like that. So I think it was a song defending the amount of Pakistani immigration into the UK. Mm -hmm. But but those lyrics were abandoned at some point and then changed. But you could see it just getting, not sitting down with a pen and paper, but just twanging away. And then mm -hmm. somebody would build on it and build on it. And it became, I think, probably one of my favorite Beatles songs ever. Mm -hmm. And seeing that getting built on the fly is brilliant. That's why that documentary was good. Improv. Improv. Absolutely. I think, um, I don't think it's going to be in here, so, but, or maybe it will, but Linkin Park released an, a song as well. Ah. Um, and that, but that, well, I don't think that had anything to do with AI, but it was a song that they recorded and it didn't make the album back in the day uh, because they had a song that was similar. And so they released it after Chester's passed away for a while now, but that's really cool because there's like how many, how many bands left great songs out because it didn't fit the album? I mean, back in the day, because the album was all about this narrative that went from the first song to the end. It was like a real long story and you bought the CD or the um, record or whatever. But now it's kind of like you can just have your individual songs. So you maybe aren't thinking so much about the journey that the listener goes on. Maybe they do, but it's not as important. Um, what's more important is trying to get, you know, hundreds of millions of listens on Spotify or, yeah. or something like that. So uh, I reckon there's a bunch of great music out there that's 
that could be released. I think it is. The interesting thing you mentioned about Spotify is I think it was, of, of all people, I think it was Weird Al Yankovic. Don't ask me why I know this. But I think it was him. And I think he was going mad about how little money 80 million streams gets him. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. it is, it's a tiny amount. You know, mm. making money as a musician now is, is nowhere near what it was years ago. You know, you gone are the days of your Paul McCartney's and your Elton John's and your Black Sabbath's and your Fleetwood Mac's and that kind of rock star music. You don't make it through selling records, you know, mm. certainly touring. And we talk about Taylor Swift again, you know, making a million dollars per event, which is a figure I've heard, that's where your money is. Mm-hmm because Spotify has changed it all. When's the last time you bought a piece of music that you could actually put in your hands and put in the car and drive home? You just don't do it. No. Mm. I'm tempted with vinyl because I can see, uh, again, Mm. similar to the tokens and understanding that you're going to pour a beer and enjoying it and appreciating it. I think there would be some joy in taking a piece of vinyl out, putting it on the turntable, putting that needle down, sitting back and listening to, to an entire album end-to-end where you don't skip tracks. Totally. Yeah, even the songs that you don't, you're not really that stoked on, but you, you're like honouring the integrity of the musician that's put it together. Mm. Mm. There's a reason for it. And, and, but then I wonder how many artists put albums together in that way now. There still will, will be ones that do, mm. but I bet there aren't. I bet there's ones that don't as well. And here's an interesting thing. So I'm actually on Spotify's Wrapped of the Year, uh, top 10 artists globally. Taylor Swift, she's number one. Mm-hmm. So she's done the most on whatever algorithm Spotify use. I think the interesting thing is Lana Del Rey's there at number 10, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't necessarily expect her to be in the top 10 artists globally, globally. So I'm not sure how that algorithm works. I don't even know half of them. I don't. I know who The weekend is. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is terrible. It's showing our rage. <laughs> this, this podcast is not, it, it's not for Gen Z, by the way. Um, Drake, I know who he is. Travis Scott I've heard of, and that's it. Mm. That's where I'm at. There's lots of ones there I don't know. Top songs. Miley Cyrus got the top song globally, according to Spotify, with Flowers this year. Mm -hmm. That's a good song, actually. Mm -hmm. And that's the video where it's it's, I think it's a real rip into Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? Yep. Yeah, it's a real rip into him. Mm -hmm. Um, His exercise regime... Um, piss take on the the suits that he wears there's kind of loads of references to him as an individual in that video and it's a you know it's a bit of a like a snap back to him oh because they used to date or something they, i think they were married maybe ah, right yeah I, I wasn't sure about this yeah, kim, kim educated me this on stuff. this one <laughs> <laughs> but she, she's in there taylor swift is in that top 10 three times harry styles is in there and selena gomez is in there and Shakira's doing a, uh, a a bit of a collab with someone in there, and then there's a lot of people that I don't know in that list. Mm-hmm. This might be the worst thought-out section of the podcast ever because we don't know who they are. Top 25 podcasts globally. I, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't make the top 25, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Must have been 26, mate. Yeah, well, I reckon we would just be there. But there's some pretty impressive podcasts on there. Um, of course, Joe Rogan is number one. Um, Call Her Daddy is number two. I've heard about that one. I think that's that's huge. Um, I've not listened to it, but it's a, it's a really popular one. Huberman is number three, and I think anyone that's interested in health, well-being, biohacking, you know, understanding everything that goes on with your body, and he has got some brilliant guests. So Huberman's number three. He's on there. 
Jay said he's in uh, uh, Diary of a CEO. That's one I like with Stephen Bartlett. He seems to be a really nice, genuine character, and he has all different kinds of people on to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not sort of following his mold. I think he's interested in in a genuine conversation. Lex Friedman's on there. His podcasts are a long listen. They're always a three hour plus and sometimes even more, but he gets the right guests on. You know, mm-hmm. he gets everyone on that, that globally that you would be interested in. Psychology of your twenties, that's not that's not for me. TED Talks Daily, that looks to be like quite a good one. Um, the armchair expert. We can all be armchair experts. So that's number sixteen as well. That's with Dax Shepard. Is there any podcast missing from there? Who who are you listening to a lot to The Emerald. What's the that Emerald. about? Uh, the, I spoke about it on the last podcast. It's um kinda like Mythic trends through a global lens, I think, is yeah. one of the, the strap lines. Um, or no, it's global trends through a mythic lens. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's just the the best. I was listening to it on the way here. Yeah. Uh, so you've told me this twice now. So now now I obviously need to go and listen to it because yeah. I, I didn't listen to your first time round. I don't know why I've got this up. These are the most handsome men in the world, 2023. <laughs> and unfortunately, neither you nor me are on this list. Which that's, is, that's all right. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. But uh, Kim Tae-hyung, who I think is from Korea, is number one on that. Yep. Um, I'm not aware of Kim's work. But our Pats, at 37-year-old, who did a really brilliant job of Batman this year, is number two. And you'd have thought he'd have been there in the Twilight years, but I think Batman was a great film. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a, I just love the Christian Bale ones. He's he's, like, he's the best, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And um, yeah, hard to go. You know, I got a funny story when I was like, so I'm the same age as Rob Pattinson, and I was at a, a party, and I walked past this guy, probably about 21, 22, and uh, my mate was like, "Oi, you look like the guy from Twilight," and he's like, "Oh man, I get it all the time," and he goes, "You know what? No girls used to talk to me ever before." <laughs> And now I got girls coming up to me all the time. I was like, "Yeah, good on ya. Like, go you." He has Robert Pattinson <laughs> to thank for that. This pale, nerdy-looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably was like the nerdy, slightly softer guy in class that that didn't get the attention. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's a doppelganger yeah. for the you know hottest dude in hottest weird-looking vampire guy on the planet. And then he probably got really upset when Robert Pattinson sort of fell out of the limelight for quite a number of years until Batman. And you're right. Bale is the best Batman, but did a great job and I think's gone, you know, was certainly made number two on mm-hmm. the most handsome men in the world list, according to... He's got a tan now, so he's not as pale as he was when he Yeah, was that's true. Well, this is some article on Medium, so it could have been written by anyone, but Chris Evans is up there at 41. Good. Is he kind of standard-looking dude with a nice yeah. beard? Yeah, that, that is a pretty nice, well-trimmed beard. Henry Cavill is in there, I think number four. Uh, personal favourite of, of Kim. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got, you know, he's in The Witcher and, yeah, he's, he's, he's Superman. Like, come on. And when you talk about his rig, are you talking about his body or his, his computer? Because he can make a PC himself. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was talking about his body. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think his computing rig is quite impressive. I think in COVID lockdown, he would make them and sit and play World of Warcraft with all the guys online. There you go. David Beckham's up there, and I think that's thoroughly, yeah, yep. well-deserved. Well done, Well-deserved. Have you watched the Beckham documentary? Yeah, I haven't great. yet. Is it good? It's great. I'm yeah. going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I like that one. Horrific Roshan. I don't know his work. Indian Luminary. 45 million person oh, following on Instagram. Dude? 
Yeah, that's it must huge. be. Yeah. Yeah, Indian actor. That's an enormous following, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Enormous following. Not as big as our man Ronaldo, though. No. Could you imagine having that many people interested in what you're having for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Don't know. <laughs> Are you a yeah or nah for Tom Cruise? Because he's about number five in the list. I, I reckon. I don't know. I'm a yeah for his acting skills. I'm a yeah I for like his top, acting. The new Top Gun. That yeah. was just bloody awesome. Yeah, I like him. him. I like his acting. Idris Elba's on there. Yep, good looking rooster. Zac Efron's on there. Yep, same. Spent, spent a bit rig. of time yep. in Australia. He was living in Byron in a caravan, wasn't he, for a bit? I don't know. I think yeah, he might have been. I'm not, I don't really follow people. Yeah, I'm embarrassed <laughs> that I know more of these things than you. And uh, then Chris Helmsworth is on there. He yep. made the list, his brother didn't. There oh, you go. What's her name? We'll be happy about that. Yeah. Billy's daughter. So that's a bit of a roundup of the year, which is, you know, quite popularist, I think, by the sounds of it. We haven't touched on the things that, that interest you. Um, who's, on your, who's on your naughty and nice list for this year? I've got mine. So, yeah, the open AI crew. Nice um, or naughty? Naughty. Naughty. For making it closed AI? Yeah. Um, I, I should know his name, but whoever the bloke is that's running COP28, the... Um, the, the oil magnate who's who's the president of COP28. Have you seen all that blow up? No, I haven't, embarrassingly. What's yeah. happened there? Well, COP has, a, has been a joke for the last few times, mm. which is supposed to be where all the leaders come together and talk about how they're going to regenerate the planet and be more sustainable at least. And, uh, yeah, the president is uh, a, an oil magnate or, you know, <laughs> he's going to like. Um, and anyway, he, he, there was a, a conference the other day. My friend was actually a part of it. And he called out, um, a, a woman was asking him a few questions, like a really prominent, good woman who's done some epic stuff, should know her name as well. But, um, and he basically like got pretty aggressive and was just being a dick. Right. And um, it's got out and then he's yeah. had to go PR and like apologise. And um, But anyway, it's just a big joke, that, that, that whole conference, it seems think, like anyway. Yeah, it does seem like it based on that. And I think the behaviour that you exhibit when you think you can get away with it, when you think no one's looking, that's that's who the person is. And it's always embarrassing for them when the reality of it gets out. But, you know, good for us to know because that helps us hold them to account more. Mm, yeah. I don't know him personally, so I'm not going to rip him off too much, but I feel like it's uh, just, it's kind of like, it, it's like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a movie script. So cops on your naughty list, open AIs on your naughty list. Was there one more? Um, I'll let you go. I've yeah. gone. I've gone for um, world leaders. So I mentioned that earlier on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they, they all they all know better. They're all playing games. None of them are, are accountable. This sounds, that sounds like a terrible apocalyptic way of looking at things, uh, and it's slightly tongue in cheek because it's a, the naughty list for the year. But I do expect better of them next year. I think mm-hmm. that, I think we can, we can expect better of our our leaders um interest rate rises are on the naughty list for me yeah that's not ideal not ideal not ideal i think the tinier your house the better the better you are protected from those um but a lot of people are suffering there mm-hmm. and you know the housing market in general is is a tough time for people especially on eastern seaboard or mm-hmm. australia yep difficult mm. do you want to know what the last one is on the naughty list go for it it's the m1 Right, you've been on it today. <laughs> I was just a little bit late because of it. it today. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. I actually, okay, I tell you what, my one is that everyone's just gone back to flying everywhere again, mm. and like, that, yeah. How do you solve that one though? Because, I, vice optimization. 
That's a pretty good answer. So you're saying it's all right to fly, but just choose how and when. Well, why not like, why why not give people a quota? Like, do you need to go? Like my little brother, he hasn't been overseas for a long time, but he went on three overseas trips this year. I'm like, bro, you didn't need to go on three. Come on, like, you, oh, you don't need to fly across Europe for your friggin' meeting. I love the story about the guy from Zoom, the the guy, the CEO of Zoom, and he was like, every time he would sign a big deal with a, a big corporate, they'd want to fly him over and like wine and dine him, all this stuff. And he'd say, let's do a Zoom for the first one, for the first deal, and then on the second one, I'll come. And he said, no one ever invited him for the second one. So he, he just, because he, he like, what's the point in having this tech company? Yeah. It's, it's like, do you need to go there? And I get it. And I'm a massive advocate for like the resonance of being in the physical space with another person. I think that's really important. But do you need to go on three to four international trips or can you just pick one? And when you go, if you're flying across the world, could you go for a little bit longer and just, you know, um, invest a few more dollars into the local economy there and, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's a big, big yarn. Some conscious, conscious traveling. Mm. And the funny thing with Zoom, and I, and I really dig that, and I think that's a great way of approaching your deals. Although he did attract some controversy, forcing people back into the office. Right, there you which go. is a bit of an ironic one for Zoom because they've enabled remote working and hybrid working across the globe. But there's, I think there's the not but, but there's the there's the argument for like what I just spoke about. That there's companies that have been totally remote the whole time before zoom was a massive thing anyway so it can be done i think again it comes back to the company that you're involved in if that's part of the and a lot of this stuff comes from my teacher christine mcdougall at syntropic world and it's like if that was the values set up from the idea the original impulse for the idea i'm going to create a remote company and we're all going to come together once a year in some cool place and and we're going to connect and i'm going to make sure that human connection is a big thing that's cool but if your company was built around interactions physically and then you sent everyone out of the office and we're just trying to cut costs then maybe that's where the wobbles come so yeah yeah, yeah. And so again back to the theme all the way through having some intentionality about where you want to locate your teams and why mm-hmm. should we should we do the nice list yeah go for it i'll go first so taylor swift is the nice list i yep. think she won woman of the year she's made a bucket load of money with her concerts she bought back the rights, I don't, I don't quite know what happened here, but the rights to her record, no, actually she didn't buy them back. So the rights to her records existed with someone else and she re-recorded them all, which seemed like a crazy move, wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone loved it and she did sort of 11 minute long versions of things. Um, looked after all of a crew on the tour, uh, big payouts to them, handwritten cards. I don't think she can do a great deal of wrong. Uh, I don't know if you've got a TV show in, in, but I'm going to, I watched a TV show this year called Daisy Jones and the Six, Mm -hmm. which was, I think it might have been a Stan show or or a Disney one, I'm not sure. And it was a fictitious story about a band in the 70s that was not dissimilar to Fleetwood Mac and it was one of the most entertaining things that I watched all year. Mm -hmm. Pure escapism. I love that. That's all right. You've got to have it. And the last one, because I think they've done an awful lot of good and I really enjoyed it, I'm going to put the Matildas on the nice list and in brackets the Lionesses because because I'm English. Um, But both of those did a fantastic job. I went to one of those games. So I think when we recorded a podcast, I said I had tickets for a game. I went. Mm -hmm. It was brilliant. And But what I'm really hopeful for now is to see the game change. So there was all that momentum in the winter 
you would think they'll be funding somewhere, and I'd love to talk to someone in Football Australia that understands this better than me. You would hope there's going to be investment into the grassroots game. I would love to see higher quality, better publicised, you know, easier to understand fixtures uh, on the game, mm-hmm. both in women's game and male game. But I'm hoping it'll be a catalyst for something in Australia. Awesome. That was one of mine. Yeah. Great women's minds. World Cup, Matilda, yeah. Matilda's, yeah. Yeah, so I'll just echo what you said. Yeah, it was great. Um, and I, like, to be honest, wasn't watching much women's football. I might watch some highlights of Sam Kerr every now and then. But since then, it's like, yeah, there was a real... There was a real um, vibe around it. Yeah, it was good. Mm. Um, so now I'm watching highlights of all the girls from the, the Socceroos. And, um, sorry, the Matildas, not Socceroos. Um, your podcast is one of my good ones. Hey. Good on you, mate. Yeah, congratulations. It's not a small feat to get three seasons out. And, you know, um, I think you had... Did you have the stats on, you know, how many people only do a couple and then throw in the towel? So oh, yeah. It's, it's huge. It, I'm in the top 1% from doing this many now because yep. a lot of people do just quit. And I can understand why because it's not easy. It's a time commitment. And if you do them and, and you learn and you make mistakes and you think, oh, that wasn't that great, you can become a little bit despondent. But it only mm-hmm. takes one person to go, oh, I, I enjoyed that and I, or I've got, I like that perspective. Then it's worth it and you'll do it again. Totally. Yeah, so good on you, mate. Um, I think mine are, we're bloody all Ange Postacoglu. Yeah. Yep. He's doing a great favorite. job. Doing yeah. a great job. And he did just lose again. But he but he's just got this temperament that's super fresh because I watch a lot of Premier League and not, he's not like any other any of the other coaches and or managers and he's yeah, I think everyone loves him. Big and he, and he's not afraid if the, someone says something that he doesn't agree with. He's just like, "Nah. Nah, that's not it." And if someone asks him a dumb question, he just treats him like they deserve to be treated, which I think he doesn't get angry. He just looks at him like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but he doesn't call him an idiot. He just answers it in a way that everyone knows that Andrew's just going, you're a bloody idiot. And he's got this old school way. At least got this like threads of old school coaching, um, which I think everyone who loves football appreciates that like it's the hard yakka. It's the, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it my way. Even that game where he had, two blokes sent off and he still played high in the defence and Chelsea ran through and I think pumped four past them or something and he was like he said something like I don't care if I've only got like four players on the field I'm still going to play high I'm still going to go at them like that's the yeah. right attitude that's fantastic nice and naughty boxed off yep there you go mate yeah any final thoughts as we get towards the end of the year <sighs> yeah my my one is I read an interesting article about why uh, people in Australia in particular don't stick to New Year's resolutions and it's because that they uh, it's in the mix of like holiday season and you're not working and you're, you're just like, you know, your foot's off the pedal so it's not a good time to be like, I'm going to change a habit because you're in, you're in holidays so like 1st of January, you're still on holidays, whereas a lot of other in other parts of the world, they're like back into work on the 2nd so anyway, that was just an interesting perspective. So I guess my little message would be like, how can you think about that strategically and maybe give yourself a little bit? That's why I like the advice optimization. It's like, it's for the people who, and I'm just plugging myself here, but like it's for the people who aren't great at sticking to habits, like, uh, like abstinence or anything like that, aren't great at like totally 
changing everything on the 1st of January. It's like, nah, just give yourself a little bit of room. Try and find something that's a bit more lenient on not having to be perfect straight away. So, yeah. Can you make a 1% improvement? That's it. And then a 1% next month? That's called, that's why optimization, right? That's what it's about. It's not about the binary of like being perfect straight away. It's like, we're going to get there. And maybe like me, it's taken eight years to, I'm still formulating the habit around it. So, yeah. Brilliant. All right. Well, 101 tokens, we're definitely going to see more in 2024. Mm-hmm. What about you, mate? Have you got any, any final thoughts for the listeners? Oh, I think just um, my biggest lesson this year, I think, is if you sat on something you're thinking about, good or bad, and you feel that you want to take action, but you're not sure if it's going to be perfect, and you're not sure if, if you'll have everything boxed off and ready, my recommendation is do it anyway. Do it, because if you don't, you're going to lose valuable time if we take the example that I had of buying all the podcast kit three years ago and taking three years to record it, if I had recorded podcasts at the rate that I've been doing them now, I'd have done, I wouldn't have done 30 podcasts. I'd have done 180 by mm. this point. So there's 150 podcasts I've missed out on because I didn't take action. Mm. And it doesn't matter what it is. If you're thinking about doing something, do it because that's the kind of opportunity you're leaving on the table. Mm-hmm. massive massive opportunity you know if it's an hour a week of something you're not doing you're missing out on you know the 50, learning 50 hours a year if it's mm. conversations you're not having learning you're not having so that's that's my thought for the year if you're sat on an idea don't let anyone hold you back do it it doesn't matter if it's an absolute disaster because it being a disaster will make you better and allow you to learn so you can get on to idea number two but you're never going to make idea number two unless you act on idea number one that's great advice. And, and I'll just build on that, just if I'm allowed. Um, someone said to me once, this won't be your last business. And I went, oh, wow, that just took the pressure off. Like, you can, you can, this, because this, there's this thing when you're building businesses and stuff or ideas or you're like, oh, this has got to be, this is it because this is going to be the legacy thing. And you're like, maybe it won't be. Maybe what you leave behind is going to be something completely different. But you won't know if you don't kind of take those steps forward because you might just get stuck on never starting that first idea. So, yeah. yeah. What a perfect way to finish. The message of the day is, this isn't going to be your last. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas and a happy new year to come. Beautiful. See ya.